Welcome back, guys, to episode 20 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. In this one, Colin Ray and I will talk about the doubleheader against Southampton. Glad to have you back. Okay, listen guys, Tuesday night, City 3, Southampton 1. This apparently was the Tommy Doyle show, so um, I'm not quite sure. I've not seen enough of him, uh, Ray. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen the um, performances in, in Cups and in pre-season. There's a lot of hype about Tommy Doyle because, of course, um, of, of his famous uh, grandfathers, uh, Mike Doyle and Glyn Pardo, um, what did you think, or what, what do you think about his um, potential, and uh, not even his potential, his, his performances in the game against Southampton? Guys, this was in the EFL Cup City 3, Southampton 1. Well, look, I think he had a very decent game, actually, for a kid who's uh, he's just, turned, is he just turned 18. Um, yeah, yeah, month. yeah. He's just turned 18. Um, and I think it was a very decent performance, very hard work performance. Probably you know, it's great for him to be playing with his mates, let's say, with Borden in midfield, Derek Garcia behind him. But I think that probably helped him. Uh, yes, he just come from a good stock um, with his uh, grandfather, two grandfathers. Um, and I, as I said, I think he had a very good game against a very limited uh, set up and team who were there pretty much just to save face. Uh, six changes from the team that I think six changes from the team that got beat by less than nine nil the week before, and they were there just to make sure they didn't get a battering. I think obviously that helps us. Um, and so Tommy Doyle, that kind of game, playing with some really decent players around him. I think um, there was a few of the, the, the top class first teamers that certainly helped uh, him probably build his confidence. And he looks every inch of player on that pitch that deserved to be there. Here's the lineup, guys. Uh, Bravo, Walker, Otamendi, uh, Garcia, Angelino, uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, Tommy Doyle, who we've mentioned, Phil Foden, uh, Maris, Aguero, and, and Gabby J. And um, uh, Colin, were you at this game? I was, yes. What did you think of the kids? Oh, I, I, none of them um, disgraced themselves. All of them looked so. You said this uh, on the night. All of them looked like they belonged in the team. I mean, Tommy Doyle would play the defensive midfield position, the, the one that um, uh, Kundoan plays in the absence of Fernandinho and Modric. And um, that's how he's not even his normal position. Now, it did help that Southampton's main uh, priority was to avoid a, another 9 0 thrashing. So, uh, a bit like Saturday's uh, game, they were uh, very careful about their defence. And I think. Uh, it, it, they didn't get out of their own half for about the first 10 minutes. I think it was 30 minutes before Bravo took the ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they, didn't give us a, they didn't give us a huge amount of fun, which probably helped the kids. But uh, Garcia, I've always said, looks very classy. He, he's ready now, I think, or certainly nearly ready. Tommy Dawes slotted him really well. Foden, we know he can do it. And um, Angelino you know, got a start on, um, on, on Saturday. So, again, um, 
you know, it's nice, isn't it? It's, um, it, 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 for, after all the criticism we've had, not not playing the youngsters, we started we started four of our kind of academy products, and none of them looked any way, shape, or form out of place. Mm-hmm. Ray, a goal for the general after twenty minutes. What do you think? That was quite reminiscent of his very first goal for a for for the city. It's about time he scored some goals. You know, it's a couple of seasons back, I think he scored three or four goals very, very early uh, in in the season. And uh, this was a nice goal. I don't think had anybody uh, put him under pressure. We were I was there with my lads right behind the goal. We'd uh, because. Uh, we, we, we knew we weren't going to have a full ice. We closed a lot of the third tier around the ground, so we, we had to move uh, um, uh, to I think five rows from the front, so that was quite a different um, angle of watching the game for us. Um, this after was about 20 minutes or so. I think we had a corner and the ball was played back uh, to Bernardo Silva, who crossed it in first time to Osmendi, who was, he was, as I said, I don't think he had anybody around him. And it was a nice, neat um, header. And right into the corner, right where we were. Uh, goalie had no chance. I mean, you can't blame uh, McArthur for that. Uh, blame the defence that let um, Austin Mendy climb above them, climb early, uh, and just nod it right into that corner. So, very good goal for the general. Nice uh, double from Sergio Aguero in this game. Um, Colin, his numbers are just going up and up and up, and um, he's really uh, moving up the charts in uh, in the uh, the leading goal scorers in, in pretty much uh, every a competition. Uh, which was your pick of those two goals? Um, I think the, um, the I don't know, they, were both, they were both poachers' goals, really. I mean, what, the first one w- was uh, very similar to his, his goal on um, Saturday, with a cutback yeah. on Carl Walker, wasn't it? Uh, Richie pounced on. The second one was, uh, I remember, I was right in front of me, I should remember, uh, a misdirected shot from, from Riyad Mahrez, who had got a deflection, and he, he pounced on it um, and put the ball from close range between the, the keeper's legs. Um, so I, I enjoyed that second one because it was a real a real poke was done. He was in the right place at the right time. The Southampton defence assumed he was offside uh, when he wasn't. And, um, yeah, he was, uh, he was just alert and alive to the possibility. Mm-hmm. Ray, um, just two questions for you uh, before we go on to the, the, the main deal. Um, our, our next opponent, Oxford United. Now, there were howls and howls of protests coming from um, from a certain city uh, quite near to where you are. Um, oh, <laughs> and I think w- there was one particularly, I think it was, was it Matt Law, the journalist who, yeah. uh, who put up um, the statistics for City's opponents in, in, in yeah, these well, cups? What do you think about that? Well, the thing is, is look, I mean, it, it, there are damn lies and statistics, and uh, I know you guys know the quote better than me, but you can put any... You can try and find statistics to support your argument or your... Look, Matt Law knew exactly what he was doing by putting out that article or the tweet or whatever because that would obviously incense Liverpool uh, fans and uh, sad fans from other clubs who've got nothing better to do with their time and their lives. Um, and the thing is, he only, did he only look at the last two seasons? You've got to look at the time... You know, before that, when we were, I think we we had a, a, a few years in the Champions League, for instance, where we played Barcelona three times, four times, three times, I think, Bayern Munich. Yeah, four times. Bayern Munich. Napoli, when, when they were in the, group, in the pop four or something. Uh, so there were, there were games there, 
you know, we played in, in the cups where we did three years on the on the bench where we either didn't play at home or we never played anybody below uh, championship level. And then you look at Liverpool and other teams that played, and you, you know, it, it, you could compare like with like. You can't just compare uh, just court sitting and not look at anybody else because all teams, you know, in the top six have had easy opponents. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, Let's say some easier opponents, and and it's just, you got to put them to bed, you know. And if if like Liverpool, if you give up on competitions, um, like they've done in the last um, last season in the FA Cup and, and the League Cup, putting uh, putting out weakened teams, weakened sides, if you give up, then you're giving up the chance to play some of these easier opposition. Um, so. You know, it's, it's disingenuous or whatever the right word is for, for Matt Law. He's talking rubbish um, and it's just there for clickbait. That, is that what the Daily Telegraph's come to? Colin Savage, um, is that a, a... I don't remember off the top of my head. Is that a home tie against Oxford? Oh, right. Oh, 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 no, the, the, the one thing I just want to ask you, uh, Colin, is that, of course, when the draw was made, there was an immediate howl of protest from... Jurgen Klopp and, and City fans are quite angry at the moment that it seems that Jurgen is negotiating with the um, the, the league to to uh, to put this fixture in the best possible position and of course that's something that's always been denied to City no matter what the um, fixture congestion has been like. I mean, is that something that bothers you that um, Jurgen threatened not to put out a team? Um, no, he can do what he likes, can't he? Um, you know, we we fought last season on three fronts, well, four fronts in the Champions League. Um, and yeah, it can get difficult sometimes. But, you know, remember what help we got from the, um, the FA when we had to play a, uh, an FA Cup match on Sunday evening against Chelsea. Uh, when we were playing in the, Euro- in the Champions League two days later away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Manuel Pellegrini took to, uh, you know, stuck two fingers at, at them and put out, uh, I guess what you call a, week, a weaker team and we lost. Um, but that's the that's modern football, isn't it? And, and, and certainly this this club World Cup thing, uh, or whatever it is, Super Cup or whatever there is that they're in, um, that, that's the price you pay for winning things. And what Liverpool is discovering is when you win things, um, there is a price to pay in, in games sometimes, particularly when you win the things like the Champions League, where you have to play in these daft, daft competitions. And, and perhaps the Club World Cup that people are promoting is is a much better solution in many ways to this sort of problem because then you don't go off and play a, uh, a game in um, is Qatar is it in in, um, in December and um, you know you, you, you represent Europe uh, as, as champ- European champions um, in the summer mm-hmm. it's a much more sensible option yeah. so yeah he can moan all he likes but you know if he doesn't want to play in these games then um, don't win things do like a Manchester I don't think he wants to win the game against Arsenal. He's got a load of kids. Um, yeah, well, of course, we're playing Arsenal, so... They're the ultimate bottle jobbers. Um, yeah, and yeah. They, they threw away a 3-1 and a 4-2 and a 5-4 with one minute to go. Uh, Leeds, it turned up losing on penalties. So, um, it's a price you pay for success. Last season, as Colin said, we were playing all the time. Every three or four days for about six or seven months, it felt like. City were playing until we uh, got beat in the Champions League by Spurs. So we were playing every three and four days for several months. Um, and eventually, you know, Pep has learned um, after his first season, first season and a half, basically just to say, it is what it is. You know, he might not be happy, but what's, the, what's all he gets from uh, complaining about it is nothing. But what's the point? So he just says, it is what it is. We know he's not happy. He bristles a little bit with the journalists. 
and we move on and we win games. And that's it. That's what we did last season. So we had 61 games last season. We lost six. And um, and sometimes it's actually good to have so many games because it gives everybody a chance to be rotated. We've got a big enough squad to do that. Um, you know, even with the, with the, the three or four injuries we've got at the moment, Players need games, and if you've not got a game for, you know, can you imagine if you don't get picked in the starting 11 in the league game for two weeks? You don't play any first team football potentially for three or four weeks at times. So having these competitions is good for us, and I think Liverpool possibly will come to um, enjoy having the getting deep into the smaller cups because it gives some of their fringe players game time, and it gives them an opportunity when they're looking to recruit other players to say, look, you will play 25, 30 games next season because we're going to play 60 games. We're going to go deep in all the competitions. You'll get your game time. Okay, you know we're going to play our best front three in the league and the in, in the Champions League, but you'll get some league game time. You get some champions, and you play in the cups. And I think that's a way to, to help them attract players. So. Take it on the chin, uh, Scouses, and, uh, you know, just uh, enjoy your success. Yeah, suck it up, false teeth. That's the way that it is. Now, guys, let's uh, move on to the final segment. Um, Manchester City 2, Southampton 1. This is in the Premier League. Goals from Aguero on the 70th minute. Kyle Walker on the 86th minute. Of course, we went down in the 13th minute to a goal from uh, Ward-Prowse. I remember at one time, um, I think it was... uh, Walter saying that we should sign Ward Prowse, but I, I think he's probably backtracked on that in the years in the years since. But um, uh, Colin, talk to me about time wasting. <laughs> talk to you about time wasting. I, I, discussing this, um, talking about this with my brother earlier. Actually, it's going to be the one thing that annoys football fans possibly more than anything else, apart from diving, maybe. That, that uh, 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 we see it, of course, we see week after week double teams coming to do stretch the game out as long as possible, try and get get points or hang on to something. Uh, and, and what we saw was fairly typical. Uh, Alex McCarthy, the Southampton keeper, was taken as long as he liked from from you know the first whistle to um, us going uh, us going ahead. And uh, we saw it the week before with the Villa keeper, uh, Tom Heaton. Uh, and it's a typical keeper's trick, you know, the ball goes out on the left of, of, of the goal and they, they, they saunter over to the ball boy and pick up the ball and bounce it a few times, wander over to the far side of the goal, put, put the ball down, inspect the grass, pick it up. Uh, and referees, it's the biggest, uh, well, again, we're talking about this in the game as well, the biggest, one of the biggest frustrations we have as fans, referees have got the back turned to them. You know, uh, and even yesterday, you know, this six-second rule was supposed to exist. Uh, Lee Mason... Uh, God, I don't want to talk about Lee Mason, but he wasn't enforcing it in any way, shape or form. He never appeared to, to show any urgency in getting uh, McCarthy to, to hurry up. But of course, um, you get to the end of the first half and um, McCarthy must have waited about three minutes and we get one minute added on, which is an insult. Mm-hmm. And of course, you get to the second half and, and you score two latish goals. He's wasting time for as long as he can and not a word is said to him by, by Mason again. Um, but of course, as soon as... Uh, Edison, put, you know, picks up the ball, puts the ball down, and picks it up. If the yellow card comes out, uh, you know, and it, my, my solution would be give a goalkeeper one chance. The second time he does it, and this whole thing about going to the opposite side of the goal, why they change that that rule, I don't know. He should be taking the goalkeeper from the side of the goal it went out on, because then it's just a time waste of charter uh, not doing that. So, so give the goalkeeper one chance. The second time he does it, tell him. Look, I'm watching you. The third time he does, we get the yellow card out, and they won't do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, Ray, you're you're pretty much the same age as me. Do you remember those days when um, 
Jeff Boycott used to walk down the wicket and pick up a piece of grass and adjust his helmet and adjust his um, pads and um, walk back to the wicket and uh, ask uh, the umpire to, to take guard again between um, ferocious bowling from the West Indies. The, the, the time, waste, time wasting is, a, is, a, is, a, is, is truly one of the dark arts, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I Jeff Boycott probably wind up the uh, West Indies fast bowlers and they bowled a bit faster to him. But as Colin said, it, it's, it's something that really annoys us. One thing that annoys me with refs, especially early on in the game, they don't want to give yellow cards for fouls that deserve yellow cards because they're early in the game. I went players so without my first defence. And they get away with it because it's, it's you know, usually in the, in the first 10 minutes, they get away with a lot of stuff. And it's the same with time-wasting. And we've seen it against Everton. We've seen it a few times this season. Opposition goalkeepers and defenders for throwing and whatever, they start wasting time right from the first minute. And as Colin said, you've got to stamp, uh, stamp down on this because it is improving. It's time wasting. And it's cheating. The fans would pay good money to watch this, these games. And if, if goal is going to waste 15, 20 seconds each time he's got a goal kick, and with the way City attacks so much, we get a lot of goal kicks. I think on Saturday we had 17 corners. Uh, and no doubt, there's, there's a few goal kicks, there's plenty of goal kicks for, for them as well. They're going to waste 15 seconds each time. You know, can you imagine how many minutes we're going to lose in the game? We all know why they do it. Um, and and, and let's be honest, we do the same when we're winning. And I, and I think that's, that's all right, but not from the first minute. But I did find one, I think it was quite amusing, but I've not seen the clip because it was taken down by a, a rights holder on, on Twitter. Um, but someone said that one of the, uh, the, the second assistant manager held on to the ball at one point. Uh, maybe well, well, Ray, that was actually going to be my next question because we have a, we have a reader question or a listener question for you, and the question is to Ray, and it goes like this: What did you think of Pep's performance as a ball boy? <laughs> it was great getting the ball back. Look, can, can you just explain, um, Ray, what happened? Yeah, I think what happened was some point during the game, the Southampton assistant manager must have held on onto the ball for a second or two or whatever. Probably when they were winning, just to waste a bit of time and annoy um, our players and, and management. And I think at one point the ball had gone off. We were winning 2 1. It was close to the end of the game. And the ball went off. Pep got the ball, he collected it, and I think he went over to present it to the yeah. assistant manager. He's getting quite spiky now, isn't he, with these comments, the clop and everything? like, here's the ball, hold on to it now. And there was another moment where I think when Edison got the yellow, I think it was when Edison got the yellow card. Pep was doing his nut, I think, and that was the moment on the side. Absolutely in. I think he was screaming at the, the fourth official because obviously, you know, all the time that had been wasted by uh, Southampton, we got no extra time for it, no warnings, no nothing. As soon as Ed- Edison does something in a booking. Um, so, yeah, I think Pep's performances, you know, you can see that he's spiky, he's irritated by some dumbass questions from journalists in the, in the pre and post match press conferences. And he will sometimes give one-word answers uh, to questions he doesn't think uh, merit a response. Um, and he, he looks insulted that some, some of these questions uh, are asked of him. And yes, he is spiking. And sometimes I think it's, it's well-deserved because there's only so much you can do and, and say in these press, the press conferences um, and, and after-match interviews. You just don't want to get himself in trouble. That's why, you know, he's mentioned the Mane. Just look at this game, he's mentioned the Mane diving. He's done some shit with the assistant manager for, uh, for Southampton and, and whatever. So, I mean, as fans, we love it. I mean, other fans, I'm sure, I mean, and, and quite a few from uh, 
from Merseyside of the Red Persuasion, have been criticising him and said um, uh, he should be punished for what he, he did, being that ball boy picking the ball up and doing this and that, or what he said about Sadie Look, but as, as fans, you know, we love it. <laughs> and we're not going to keep quiet about it. He's our manager, and he's doing things that we'd love to be able to do. So, you know, stick it on uh, Jurgen Klopp, stick it on Sadio Mane, stick it on the FA, Premier League, or whoever. Uh, I wish he'd stuck one on uh, Lee Mason on, on, on Saturday, because it is a pathetic performance from the referee. Yeah, Pep is definitely rivaling um, uh, Edin Dzeko for shithousery. Um, you, you'll remember that time whenever he went down, holding his face for about two or three minutes in a crucial game. Uh, two more questions, then I'm going to let you guys go, because I know that you, you guys have to go. But um, the the first question for Colin Angelino, discuss. Yeah, I thought he had a, a really good game. I'm a bit short left backs anyway, but I thought he had a really good game. Of course, um, as with all our left backs, the question mark is not about their attacking ability, but about their defensive ability. Um, and, and, you know, we didn't have to do a great amount of defending, particularly on on Saturday. But um, he, uh, I thought he was one of the more intelligent players. Um, and certainly, he provided the cross for the for the winning goal, uh, or provided the cross that, that led to the winning goal. So, um, yeah, because he didn't look very good in pre-season. He looked very error-prone. And, and, and he may well get sterner tests um, in, in the games to come, but to be honest, he looked, he looked fine for me on uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, in the game against Liverpool, Angelino or Mendy? Ooh, um, wow. Probably the hardest question we've been asked all weekend. Um, You're welcome, uh, uh, well, you know, it's even harder than, uh, you know, uh, ketchup or brown sauce on, on my chips. That's, uh, not, that's not even that's a, not question. a question. Uh, brown sauce, brown sauce, guys, come on. No, okay, um, let, let's, let, let's try and think logically about this. I think, what kind of defenders you want against Liverpool? I want someone who can defend. For me, Angelino is probably weaker in that department than Ben Mendy. Ooh, uh, big, big, big point. That's what I'll say. Um, um, he hasn't got the pace. Uh, hasn't got enough pace, I don't think. Um, and, uh, and he can be caught out uh, at times. But, but then again, Mendy, I, I think he's faster. Um, but he picks some lively passes as well. And Mendy's crossing has been... Uh, Woeful. Not as good as Angelino's. Oh, oh Mendy's crossing has been woeful this season. And one of the things, reasons we have Mendy is for his crossing ability. His crosses, I've described them as uh, KDBS, because KDB put these wicked crosses in from the right hand side, which, as we back to Jeff Boycott, they go into that corridor of uncertainty. They go between the keeper and the back line, and they're, they're curling away from the keeper, so the keeper is struggling to just come out of these. So if the keeper doesn't come out, it might be on, on, on the edge of the six-yard box, and the right for midfielders or wingers to come stealing in behind the defenders and uh, have a uh, have a tap in. Mendy does similar from the left, wicked crosses, but he's not done it this season. A lot of them have um, uh, he's done some along the on the floor. He's done some that don't beat the first man. He's overhit them. I think, to be quite frank, he's been very poor in that department. Angelina has done better in that department. Um, I hope we don't have to put too many crosses in against Liverpool because that would worry me. Um, it just means that we, I call them hit and hope. They are on, uh, I'll quickly just go through a Sam Lee stat. When City playing poorly or struggling to get past 
uh, a resolute defence, we start pumping the ball into, into the box for our five foot nine. Will be a problem against Liverpool because uh, Trent Arnold and uh, Andy Robertson, sp- uh, Andy Robertson spent most of their time uh, way up the pitch. Well, I, I think we can rely on Trent and Ryan to make mistakes. We will get behind them, um, but I don't. I don't see the point in high crosses in any way. The low crosses seem to work much better. Um, it's very tough, and I think Pep will go back to Mendy. Uh, but it would be very interesting if he doesn't. I think he will go back to Mendy because Mendy should be the number one choice. Um, and I think that's what Pep will uh, he'll go back to what he knows. Guys, we are two minutes, two minutes before the end. Um, uh, two more questions. This one for uh, Colin Savage. Colin Savage, Kyle Walker, last two games, two assists and one goal. What do you think? Yes, um, has he has he has he edged out the good looking boy? <laughs> uh, well, he's certainly playing as he wants to. Um, you know, Cal Walker would be very prone uh, to mistakes, so that's something you don't want when you're playing against players like Salah and, and Mane. Uh, now, now, Colin, I, I do remind you that um, Kyle Walker has the ability to bicycle kick balls off the line, which which yeah. seems to be quite important in these games. Yeah, uh, when he plays well, it's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, when he doesn't play well, uh, he's an absolute liability, which is, which is kind of, you could say the same about Otamendi, I guess. But um, the great thing about Kyle Walker, and I was going to mention this specifically, was, uh, yes, we did a lot of crossing, but we were all saying, watching that, why are we floating in high crosses when uh, Yannick Vestergaard was eating those off? Um, and Carl Walker did what he should have been doing, what we should have been doing, on putting a hard, low cross. Sam Lee said in the Athletic that um, Pep's plan B is definitely to put crosses in. Uh, and, and the theory is that essentially we might get on the end of one, but more likely we'll pick up a second ball. Now, when Kevin De Bruyne does it, it's not so bad because, I mean, he puts it in right in the he, corridor he, of he uncertainty, doesn't he? He wasn't putting crosses in the right area. I mean, yeah, a cross is fine if, if you put it in the right area. But one of the things was, Samantha, Samantha had um, pretty well 11 men in the box, or you know, the whole, well, 10 outfield players in the box the whole game. So he's struggling to find that room behind the back four. Um, and, 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 and that was part of it. So, so for me, we're all saying this around what I said. Put the ball in low and hard because you never know what's going to happen. You know, a defender gets a foot and it goes in, or it, it, it flies to a city player, or you know, you get we get a corner or, or whatever. You know, it bounces around. You put the ball in high and, and, and slowly, as a lot some of the crosses were. Um, the, the defender's got plenty of time to pick up the ball and clear it to somewhere safe. But doing what Kyle Walker did, the ball got straight to Sergio Aguero and he took it first time like when he missed a, a fairly easy header um, earlier in the game. Um, you've always got that chance. A, a it, it plays to the smaller players because you, you remove the advantage of a you know a six foot four centre half against a five foot nine centre forward. Uh, like Matip and uh, Virgil van Dijk, for example. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we should be doing. If you're going to put crosses in, uh, if you're not doing doing a Kevin De Bruyne pinpoint cross, then put them in low and hard. Bang them in um, because you never know where the ball's going to end up. Whereas if you put them in high, so a big, it's all like Virgil van Dijk, he'll have plenty of time to play out to where he wants. So, and, and, and it's interesting that Kyle Walker put that ball in, Aguero scored. Angelino, it wasn't a low cross, but it was a hard, flattish cross. And uh, because of the speed, McCarthy misjudged it and it fell to Kyle Walker really, really well. So, um, yeah, a, a good game by Kyle Walker. A good game from Kyle Walker. And uh, But I think it showed up. Uh, 
you know, that floats in a, a regularly high crossing is not going to work. And, and, and the two uh, crosses we did score from, one was on the floor and one was one was highish but I think fairly flat. Beautiful answer, I think. Okay, guys, we're we're just right at the end, and uh, we don't unfortunately have time to do an Atalanta uh, preview, but that's possibly, guys, because I think we've got that Champions League uh, group pretty much um, sorted out. Um, we'll be with you uh, after it, of course, um, and myself and uh, Colin and Ray. But uh, the last thing I'm going to ask these two guys to do before we finish, and we are finishing, thank you for your patience and staying on with this uh, for so long, is this. Um, I'm going to ask, uh, first of all, Ray and then Colin to give their 11 that they are going to choose for the game at Anfield against Liverpool, starting with Ray. Ray, give me your 11 players. Well, Bet says he's going to pick. We, we can't uh, fall to pick and choose. You can pick the best team. I'm going to go for... We should do it one at a time, but I... <laughs> Not, I, think we can, I think we can safely say Edison will be... Well, yeah. I'll just start with Edison. I'll let you go for the next. But I've got Edison, Walker, Fernandinho, Stones, Mendes, Gundogan, KDB, David Silva, Bernardo Silva, Aguero, Sterling. Okay, Colin, any changes? Any uh, slight differences? Uh, I would be tempted to play Mendy in a and give Angelino a start. Uh, because Mendy hasn't, Mendy hasn't looked that quick. I don't want to go back to this discussion, but Mendy looks a bit lumbering to me. He doesn't look quite like he's got his full mojo back. So I'd be very tempted to go with um, Angelino um, as the left back. Um, but, but again, I think uh, it's going to be Gundogan uh, in the pivot position. The Kevin De Bruyne is obviously going to play. David Silva's probably not going to be fit, is he? So... Uh, so um, probably you're, gonna, you're either going to play Bernardo back there, or and I think Bernardo's probably a good choice for that game because he does. He's not having the best season, but he does run around. So a lot. Guys, do you remember? Do you remember the role that uh, Bernardo Silva played in central midfield against Liverpool last season? Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. scrapping all over the place, and yeah, he yeah. was taking the ball off Van Dijk. Would that not be a, a, a good uh, oh, option? Oh, I yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's at his best on the on the uh, on the on the right wing. So I'm, I would go for yeah, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Bernardo, Mahrez, Aguero, Sterling up front. Ray, no position at all for Riyad Mahrez. Well, if Bernardo is playing in in, uh, in the David Silva position, then Riyad Mahrez has to turn the right, as Colin has uh, uh, just said. Okay. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Thank you for staying with us uh, for so long. That's been my fault. But uh, it was a great pod, and I'm so grateful to these uh, uh, two guys. And we're just going to um, we're, we're going to uh, just uh, wish them well and uh, thank them for being on the pod. And uh, welcome we'll back, see guys, how their to episode uh, work out part after two. The next this couple part, of games, we'll be back with you after Atalanta. So for now, this first we'll say uh, cheerio to Ray. Back. Ray, thank you so much, Ray. I'm really, really grateful that you stayed on for so long. Oh, thank you very much, Mike. It's always a pleasure. You know that. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much, uh, Colin Savage. I've uh, I've really impinged upon your your time, both of you guys. But um, thank you so much for being on tonight. It's quite all right. There's nothing I'm anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Well, there you are. That was your uh, episode uh, twenty, season two of the Bolton Blue Podcast. We'll be back with you after Atalanta. So until then, you know what we're going to say: Have one on us and up the blues. It's finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That really goes enough for three points.